0: Scott Bubble Audio. Hi, and welcome to Academy Rewind, the fortnightly podcast where we take a look at the Oscars from years past. I'm Tim, and with me, as always, is my man who loves a good conspiracy theory, it's Palmer. How are you today? Eh, I'm alright. How about you? I'm fine. Why are you just alright? It's too early in the morning for this. It's 2.27 in the
1: afternoon. Uh, yeah, but we just recorded the last episode, (laughs) and your review of Lord of the Rings, like the movie, put me to sleep. Ugh, you're killing killing me, Smalls.
0: You're killing me. Well, I know what's going to get you awake talking about the JFK assassination. That's right. We're here with the 1992 Best Picture Oscar nominees. They are as follows. JFK, The Silence of the Lambs, Bugsy, The Prince of Tides, and Beauty and the Beast. Palmer, what won Best Picture? Silence of the Lambs. That is correct. That is correct. Silence of the Lambs. Did you yeah. have to
1: wonder about that, or did you know? Um, No. Oh, I knew that but for absolutely no reason whatsoever we should definitely not make JFK the first movie we talk about okay sure I can do that
0: is, <laughs> is, is that absolutely reason whatsoever it happened to be because you forgot to do some fun facts for it absolutely not <laughs> okay let's start with Bugsy then good idea <laughs> directed by Barry Lemonson. um uh yeah let's do Bugsy first yeah okay I was wondering if I should go alphabetical order just to give you even more time but it doesn't really matter um, Bugsy directed by Barry Levinson written by James Tobik based on the book we only kill each other the life and bad times of Bugsy Siegel
1: huh what okay Okay. Uh, it, it's not in there but one of the fun facts that I remember reading was like um, Bugsy talking to a writer or meeting somebody who was very nervous because they knew who he was mm-hmm. and Bugsy was confessing to it, like not necessarily confessing but telling him like I killed you know so many people and he was like but don't worry we only kill each other
0: <laughs> wonderful wonderful what a character Bugsy Siegel we'll talk about him uh, starring Warren Beatty Annette Benning, Harvey Keitel Ben Kingsley and Elliot Gould nominated for Best Picture Best Actor for Beatty Supporting Actor for Keitel and Kingsley Director Adapted Screenplay Cinematography and Music for Maracone. Uh this movie won Best Production Design and Best Costume Design Story revolves around Benjamin Bugsy Siegel, the man and gangster who started Las Vegas. Um, so this is my weird little small confession. I had zero idea who Bugsy Siegel was. Before, Most people don't. Yeah, before watching this movie. And about halfway through, I was like, is this about the founding of Las Vegas? Like, it's just like, before well, I they, mean, before they, they even, already found like, Las Vegas. Well, you know what I mean? Before, like, this is like, like the growth of the casino yeah. um, industry in Las Vegas. And like, it th- like, and it was before they like go out to the desert and like yeah this is my like spot and all this stuff and I was like I think that's what this movie's about that's so wild how cool mm-hmm. how fun um I thought this movie was just okay though. Um, I think that everyone does a good job in it. Kingsley and Keitel are, are their usual good things. Beatty's good. He's always good. Um, I thought Annette Benning was, was also, was also strong. Like it, it, it's, you know, it's a period piece. It looks good. Um, it's all, it's all just good. I didn't find it like, I didn't find anything like, like enormously like magical about it and honestly like once they actually get to once they start doing the Vegas thing mm-hmm. it becomes a little less interesting I found the the beginning of the movie way more enticing than like when Bugsy kind of strikes off on his own and whatever else and I'm actually glad that we're watching these movies in the order that we're watching them because I'm in the almost at the end of watching the 80s movies and they talk about Bugsy Siegel in one of those movies and I'm like ha I have context <laughs> Yeah. wow chariots of a-
1: fire really took a turn
0: yeah it was strange strange um uh,
1: i actually really enjoy this movie i saw it so many many years ago and i've seen it since i've only seen it a few times so it's not like one that i i revisit all the time um uh, but i think this is one of Warren Beatty's better roles um his best obviously dick tracy obviously yeah um and this also kind of it doesn't remind me, but because of the time frame of the movie, it gives me a lot of reminiscence to that movie he made a couple of years ago where he played um, Howard Hughes, um, the, the one with,
0: uh, Alden Ehrenreich, uh, Ehrenreich, um, shoot, I'll look it up, because we saw it
1: together. Um, yeah, we did, and, like, we both left kind of disappointed. Rules don't apply. Rules don't apply, right. Rules don't apply. And, you know, and some of the stuff is, is the same, like, older person, younger woman, although in theory they're both actually younger, just, mm-hmm. you know, a, yep. baby being baby. Yep. Um, but I feel like where that movie lacks in some cases, this movie, like, does a really good job. The outfits, which were like almost clones to a tee of what Bugsy wore and the people wore at the time, the way the movie is shot, how the lighting was done in the same style of Hollywood at the time, mm-hmm. like these attention to details, I really, I really thought were good. I will say I kind of agree that once they go to Vegas to get this thing rolling, it at times becomes less interesting, but it kind of sets up the ultimate climax at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that being said, I feel this movie kind of rushes through stuff. Totally. To totally get to where it's going. Stuff.
0: Yep, absolutely. You get, like, one meeting with Ben Kingsley that, like, kind of tells you, like, oh, all right, this is where we're at now. So they're not on good terms now. Oh, okay, cool, 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 cool. It, it right. does have that kind of a – it does have that problem of not exactly telling me how long all of this is supposed to take. You know, like, you know, some movie mm-hmm. – you know, if it's it's over a good stretch of time, some movies do a very good job at at telling me how we're progressing through the years yeah, and this one doesn't really like it could this this whole movie could happen in a matter of a couple of days or a couple of years I have no idea right and
1: because there's like there's not even like any subtlety in like you know aging the actors slightly nope you know Um, so you're right like so there's that and then there's like yeah stuff just kind of happens and resolves and happens and resolves a little too quickly and and it does help keep the movie Interesting and fresh and and moving, but at times you're like, well, you know, is there more to this that I don't know about? Because this seemed pretty interesting. You know, I didn't I didn't really need to. You know, I liked how they kind of really drove home like how um, crazy he was to get the flamingo to look the exact way he wanted. Mm-hmm. But you know, we didn't need to see like four different scenes of him doing that. Correct. I could I could have gotten that. I mean, if I if you're moving through
0: different parts pretty quickly where you. are just giving me the a little bit of context and moving on that's a weird thing to get hung up on yeah yeah but yeah i i did like the recurring motif of like the film in his house you know and like being part of the film industry and i love the beginning Which true. it was like this is a really nice house like i'm gonna give you money for it you know and like everyone's a little odd and afraid like there's some really good stuff in here and warren Beatty is always good like even when the movie he's in is not he's always good he's always consistent um and and so i i liked it like there's nothing I don't think there's really anything wrong with it apart mm-hmm. from, from what what we said I just don't think that it's like enough to be a best picture it's just like it's a great nomination and yeah. there it is Harry Keitel is really good in it he's always really good I thought Elliot Gould was great actually I always love when Elliot Gould shows up yeah yeah but um and I thought Ben Kingsley was completely menacing like he does a great job at like I'm being a supporting player uh, now I'm stepping up you know and that's yep. like it's all really subtle work from Ben Kingsley and I it it, every, everything about it is good. It's just not, to me, it's not five out of five. It's just, yeah. it, it just doesn't do enough to be that.
1: So, Agreed. Yeah. James Toback first wrote a 400-page treatment of the script, but lost its only copy under strange circumstances. He then wrote the full screenplay, one that would have made a three-and-a-half to four-hour movie. Barry Levinson and Warren Beatty helped whittle down the script to the one that was eventually filmed. And that's why you get Rush stuff.
0: Gotcha. There you go. Makes sense.
1: This movie came in a week over schedule and a and one million over budget. The same amount that Siegel proposes to Meyer and his associates for building the Flamingo Hotel and Casino. Like this movie, the Flamingo ends up going over budget on construction costs by about five million dollars. Back then, too, not even now. Yeah. Like that's, a lot, that's a lot of money. Yeah. Joe Montaigne played appeared in the Godfather Part Three. In the previous movies, the characters of Mo Green and High. I Am Roth, were modeled after Bugsy Siegel and Meyer Lansky. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
0: It's good. Do you have fun facts for JFK now? Of course.
1: I always have. Okay, great.
0: Okay. JFK, directed by Oliver Stone, written by Oliver Stone, Zachary Sklar, based on the books On the Trail of the Assassins by Jim Garrison, and Crossfire, The Plot That Killed Kennedy by Jim Mars. Starring (gasps) Kevin Costner, Gary Oldman, Jack Lemmon, Walter Matthau, Sally Kirkland, J.O. Sanders, Ed Asner. Vincent D'Onofrio Sissy Spacek Wayne Knight Michael Rook Laurie Metcalf Joe Pesci Tommy Lee Jones John Candy Kevin Bacon and Donald Sutherland most of those were like A-scene characters but they're all pretty famous so I felt like I needed to uh, throw their names in there probably missed one too Um, nominated for best picture supporting actor for Tommy Lee Jones director adapted screenplay sound and best music for John Williams his movie won best cinematography and best editing story revolves around the uh New York New Orleans District Attorney Jim Garrison, who discovers there's more to the Kennedy assassination than the official government story. Um my this is my confession. I have never seen I had never seen JFK before this podcast. Uh I had seen parts of it, I knew what it was about, and all of that stuff, but I had never sat down to watch it three it's like three hours and twenty minutes um from from start to finish, and I just thought it was one of the best movies that I've watched for this show. Like it was true. Tremendously well done and it's really about the conspiracy theories involving Kennedy's assassination but Stone does such a good job at like making you believe that this is really what transpired and how everything is actually connected and all the stuff that like you walk away going that wasn't fiction that was a hundred percent fact and I know that I don't know if it's out yet but at the time of recording this I think it was just at a I think it was just at festival was his a JFK 30 years later mm-hmm. he did a documentary about this um we do not have access to it at the time of recording this but i thought it was kind of timely that here we are um talking about talking about jfk on you know the 30 30 years uh, after it's after the movie's release and yeah i just thought it was amazing uh the whole cast was was awesome it links together really well i thought william's score was out of this world it's so subtle um and it's just it's basically just tension builder from start to finish um i do think that it's some of Costner's best acting but also some of his worst acting um right at the like it's great the only worst thing is right at the beginning when when um when the guy what's his name comes in and he's like boss president's been shot and the camera dollies in to dollies in to Kevin Costner who just goes oh no oh no it's just like I just didn't feel authentic or true and maybe it's just a hard line and reaction to give like how do you react in that moment uh and but it just I was like and and he picks it up like from there afterwards. But I was just like, oh no, It was just stuck in my head for three. Oh hours. no,
1: the con that's kind Paul of
0: Newman's going to have my legs broke. That's kind of what he sounds like. <laughs> it's like that's kind of the like where he was. It's it, he was going with it. But um, yeah, I just loved it from from start to finish. I just if this this year is kind of packed for movies that like are impactful and you know for, for different reasons. And so I was, like, I understand why it didn't win Best Picture, but I'm also, like, oh, this maybe should have won Best Picture. It's pretty outstanding. It has such cultural relevance. Like, people still talking about, like, the, the, you know, the JFK assassination and whether, you know, who, like, who really did it and the grassy knoll and this and that. And I like the way that it – all of the flashback stuff, is, it's almost documentary, like, real footage-like. It's – um. In the documentary world, it's when now when there's no narrator and you're just kind of watching footage. It's called cinema verite, you know, like true cinema. Like it's like the camera captures what's real, and that's kind of what he's kind of the way that Stone like films the movie, Uh especially all that flashback stuff with you know with um, with Oswald and whatever else. I just thought it was terrific. What do you, What do you think?
1: I absolutely, I really love this movie. It's one of my favorites. Um, I've seen it several times. For a movie that's like three and a half hours long, it never feels boring and Never feels like it's going slow, and a lot of that has to do with the energy of the monologues that are delivered. Because there's mm-hmm. a bunch of monologues in this movie, but with the energy and the speed in which they're delivered, even for like the information dumps mm-hmm. that the monologues do, it's like it breezes by.
0: Yeah, I think the um, information dumps though are like that's some of the most riveting stuff because oh, you're, absolutely. you absolutely, get your especially yeah, yeah,
1: especially like during the trial where he's where he's kind of connecting all the pieces mm-hmm. now um, I I also really like uh, William's score here I don't know if I would call it subtle like I don't know if you can call marching band drums subtle no but he, it, it's not it's
0: not his usual fanfares you know it's like it's so different from
1: his like well this is more of Indiana like Indiana Jones or his yeah this, this is more of his like, like Schindler's Monster. List or War Horse type stuff yeah not like this that isn't that... this isn't popcorn movie
0: Stuff. that's true, but it's even a little bit more like 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 '90s documentary, like chun chun chun. You know that uh, there's like a lot of that going on. That
1: was Law and Order. That wasn't a documentary.
0: Yeah, well, that too. What do you mean? It's ripped from the headlines.
1: What do you mean? (laughs) They're actors? What? So. uh, um. so th- that being said this movie does a really good job at like taking the conspiracy theory that it wants to tell connecting the pieces to make it believable whether or not it happened no one actually knows
0: right well I mean when this it's funny because when this came out you know at the end of the movie it's like you know the, the documents the government documents won't be released until 2029 and mm-hmm. they came out They actually came out last year they actually you know. came out earlier than that but do you know yeah. why they came out earlier than that Um, because Oliver Stone put up a stink actually I, I did Know why they came out
1: early? Now I can't remember. This was part of the reason. This movie was part of the reason. After this movie was made, Oliver Stone actually went to Congress and 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 there was some sort of like there was some sort of committee meeting, and he argued on behalf of getting them released, and they pushed up the date by by a bunch of years. Now, but even then, like just because the documents got released, not all the documents got released. Correct. So again, just because the ones that are out now also still show that that nothing happened doesn't mean nothing happened correct you know so that's you know why I, I think a lot of what this movie tells us and connects is not only plausible it's true do I would I go to the same extent that they do in the movie to the ultimate end point of it being a government coup Probably not. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that being said, you know the acting in this movie I think is wonderful. I love Kevin Costner to begin with. I think he's I think he's great in this movie. Everyone is really good in this movie. You know John Candy in a dramatic in a dramatic performance, still kind of being hammy, but fitting it into the movie, which I think is which I think is pretty is a pretty good job on his behalf. Yep. Uh, Tommy Lee Jones, who you can tell it's Tommy Lee Jones. But is is playing certainly a different character than we than we normally see him. You know like why? he's not playing it, it, a stoic character. It's
0: pre fugitive, so you're getting like you know because there was a, that era after the fugitive where you're like Tommy Lee Jones, you say snappy things, come and be snappy, you know. And and so this is like he's allowed to be a character a little bit. Um, his wig was so distracting though. Like like every time he comes
1: on screen, he's like his white perm was just. Yeah.
0: Awful. Just an you awful, know,
1: awful look. Joe Pesci was kind of still just Joe Pesci, but he had a great head of hair. <laughs> I am, yeah, he think, does a really good job at growing out his hair for this movie. There's a good manicness
0: to Joe Pesci in this movie that's a, a little, that's that, authentic. That fits. That's, yes, that fits, exactly. I do, I remember reading a review of The Irishman, you know, cause Joe Pesci came out of retirement for that and he's mm-hmm. very mellow and menacing and all the stuff. And I remember reading a view that kind of, like, um, longed for a past where Pesci could have played roles like that earlier but nobody ever really bothered to cast him that way um, you know because he's known for like the quick and the manic and all of this and I actually like I that has that really has stuck with me I'm like what could Joe Pesci have
1: done with other parts well to be fair half of those films were Scorsese films so at any point in time Scorsese could have changed this true I know it's like uh, Bla- hashtag blame
0: Martin Scorsese you know that, yep. that'll catch fire Twitter hates Martin Scorsese. Corsese, so um that'll you know that's uh,
1: Twitter hates everybody that tells them the truth that is also true
0: (laughs) very true um this part's that that love Martin Scorsese he's a fine filmmaker we just gave best picture to him uh two episodes ago didn't we two episodes it was Hugo right
1: oh probably
0: yeah it was two episodes ago so anyway yeah fun facts
1: John Candy's sweaty face during his talk with Garrison is real Candy was petrified at the idea of appearing in a dramatic film with actors like Gary Oldman and Donald Sutherland he sweated profusely throughout all his scenes. <laughs> That's kind of funny. It's so cute, yeah. even. Oswald's arrest was filmed in the real Texas theater where it happened. Money from the producers helped to restore the theater and keep it in business.
0: Wow. That's see. Hollywood does care about its movie theaters. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Actor Woody Harrelson's father, Charles Harrison, was a hitman convicted of murder on three separate occasions. On the third occasion, he admitted to the murder of federal judge John H. Wood Jr. and also admitted to having... Played played a part in the assassination of JFK, and a witness claimed he had drawn maps of the location in Dallas from which he fired his weapon. The FBI discounted his claims, however. Jim Mars claims in 1989's Crossfire that Charles Harrison is the youngest of the three tramps questioned and released by the police on the day of the assassination. Forensic artist Lewis Gibson had constructed f- photographic analysis and has concluded the youngest and tallest tramp is Charles Harrison. Is Charles Harrelson? Wow, that's crazy! Wow,
0: what a what a small little world, even.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's a small world after all. I hate you. We should talk Beauty and the Beast next because I'm singing a Disney song. It's a small, small world. Beauty
0: and the Beast, directed by Gary Truesdale and Kirk Wise, written by Linda Wolverton, story by lots and lots of people in the <sighs> Disney's writers room. I don't, if, I don't think you, that's the name of the people. If you go to, I'm not listening them all. If you go to IMDb, you will understand why. There's so many people that worked on this movie. Um, based on the original tale, uh, tale by Ga- Gabriel-Suzanne Barbeau de Villeneuve. Um Starring Pedro Hara, Robbie Benson, Jesse Cordy, uh, Rex Everhart, Andrew Lansbury, Jerry Orbach, David Ogden-Steers, and Richard White. Nominated for Best Picture, Sound, Original Song for Belle, and Beauty in the... and I'm sorry. Nominated for Best Original Song for Belle and Be Our Guest. This movie won Best original song for Beauty and the Beast, and for music
1: for Alan Menken. <laughs> best original song, Beauty and the Beast. You mean the song? No, that's that's just the movie. <laughs> that's the movie.
0: I'm, yeah. I mean, for a song for a sh- for a movie that has like seven or eight songs in it, you know, for three of them to get nominated for a best yeah, original song—that's impressive. Great. No, it's weird though. Gaston was not nominated for best original song, and that blows that's because my mind, it's fine. because it's the best no. Disney villains. <laughs>
1: no, no. <laughs> get out of here with your trolling Uh,
0: (laughs) the story is about a prince cursed to spend his days as a hideous monster who sets out to regain his humanity by earning a young woman's love I don't really agree with that plot Uh, so it's interesting he does I mean that's true but it makes the focus of the movie seem like it's beast driven and not beauty driven but like it's actually beauty is in the behind it's it's a lot of bells story that drives the movie, though she is kind of not tricked into loving him, but they kind of like build be like the like the cast of the castle kind of build beast up for her benefit. Like it's an odd it's like an odd um angle. Like I don't really know. Anyway, this movie is great. It's um it's the only movie to be it's outside of Snow White and the Seven Doors it's the only movie to be nominated animated movie to be nominated for Best
1: Picture, right? Snow White was not nominated for Best it was, Picture. It was it got Snow its, White. its
0: got its own special award.
1: Right. Yeah. This is the only movie movie this is the only animated movie to be nominated for best picture until the academy made the worst decision in academy history and expanded the field to 10 movies and they were like crap we need to fill 10 slots and then up somehow got nominated that's correct because the first 10
0: minutes of that movie are amazing and and then the rest of it is fine um but yeah it was that first 10 minutes that got it nominated no question
1: um and this is easily the best animated Disney movie. Well, best animated Disney musical. And that's yes. kind of like like that's kind of what they were known for throughout most of their throughout most of their history, especially up through the '90s. You know, you had one-offs like say The Black Cauldron, which wasn't necessarily a music. You know, wasn't a musical. You had Lilo and Stitch, which isn't a musical. No. Well, this is so Disney goes through a couple of eras,
0: right? They start with princesses and musicals and animals talking animals and then adapting literature. They go through their adapting literature era. Um, and then they hit 89 with, with the little mermaid and they do their, um they do their, their, um their Broadway. They do their Broadway musicals. That's kind of what these, that's kind of what these movies are. A lot of them are fairy tales and, and um, animals, and whatever else, but they're all, they're structured on the structured on a, a classic musical format. Here's the, here's the setup. The main character has a song in which they experience, express their feelings about wanting something and then it kind of and it kind of moves through that tradition it moves through that traditional pattern um yeah. and then it's Tarzan that breaks that pattern um by having the not the the characters sing those songs by, but having by just having party, Phil, Collins. Phil Collins do it he yeah. didn't have to go that hard but he did um and um and you have well, the you third go. party sing those songs instead and that kind of breaks the musical cycle that that Disney was stuck in and then you get things like Lilo and Stitch the Emperor's New Groove Atlantis um
1: See, there Planet, you go. all it, that stuff. So you heard it from Tim. Phil Collins is the downfall of the Disney animated movie.
0: And it kind of is. Tarzan is kind of the thing that like breaks that breaks that cycle and then moves into something different and I think it's actually Toy Story that does it in because Toy Story is Pixar. I know, but it's but it's um it's um the format of the like the animated movie changes after Toy Story because they they break that format of the Broadway musical the I Want song the this the that and whatever and then that transitions into like other places and other studios um and so and that's kind of where we end up here but Beauty and the Beast I think is the best example of that format and formula but also twisting it a bit to like you know because it's it's both Beast and Belle's story um but she's yes. the one that gets I the want The beauty song. and the beast story. Correct. But it's like, but it, you know, it starts with, it starts with him, but it moves to her and she's the one that gets the, the I want song. I want, she even says it in the song, right? I want adventure in the great white somewhere, you know, yeah, like that's Gaston also gets an I want song. He does and he's totally the worst. I was like, why? Because I almost didn't watch this because I'd seen it so many times. I was like, do I really want to like watch it? I'm like, oh my God, yes. That's one of my favorite Disney movies. I absolutely will watch this. And he's the worst because like, if you really listen to his lyrics like really listen to them from the start he's like he's like you know he's like i want her like Belle. Well, she's the most beautiful girl town and that makes her the best like he's so vapid right from the beginning oh yeah like it's it's incredible it's incredible how well the lyrics pinpoint character development across uh across all characters um you know i just love this town that's so weirdly ignorant like that girl reads what a weirdo <laughs> i mean back then that was a weird thing it was and i i just i just like uh i like you know her independence you know she chooses to you know it's not like there's a she doesn't really know about the curse right she chooses she doesn't know that beast is trying to win her affection to um to or to fall in love to to stop being a bison man right like she doesn't know any of that she she just like makes she makes her own decisions right and i and i just think that's i just think that's it's really Really wonderful. It's strong. The music's great. Um, the supporting cast is wonderful. Honestly, the the design of the world of Beauty and the Beast is a, is amazing. The gothic like, you start with the almost very traditional um, castle, and then we get the Gothic and Baroque architecture, you know, for being evil. There's a great Baroque joke in the movie. Um, you know, so it even tells you what kind of uh-huh. like architecture it is. And then we go back towards the end, you get this nice cycle. It's like, everything is so well thought out and played out it really is like it is like practically a perfect film It's and that doesn't happen a lot. This is very true. Yeah and you can see why like I mean we take it for granted now but like stuff like the Beauty and the Beast like the waltzing scene and stuff like that that's like the first time you're getting like computer generated 3D scenes mixed in with the 2D animation and like with the camera swirls and this instead of having the, the layered cells and all that stuff like it's just mind blowing what this was in
1: 1991. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: Let's get some fun facts.
1: The majority of the sculptures seen in the castle are different earlier versions of the beast. That's cool. That's so cool. The smoke seen during the transformation at the end is actually real smoke, not animated. It was originally used in the Black Cauldron. That's also really cool. That's cool. This was the first Disney movie to use a fully developed script prior to animation. The story had been developed through use of storyboards only in previous movies, then was further developed during animation. One possible explanation for this was that several previous Disney movies had gone way over budget when animators spent too much time and effort animating scenes that would eventually be deleted from the final cut of the movie. Hmm,
0: what an interesting yeah. way to make a movie. It turned out well yeah. for them,
1: obviously. This is also the longest developed, uh, longest in development movie, uh, Disney animated movie. This was, this was first developed, like, I think he wanted to first develop this just after, um, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Wow! Wow! Or, like it had been in development that long, and it had been dusted off every couple of years. That explains the tremendous
0: amount of writers that came in on this thing <laughs> versus, like, the versus a story by instead of just the you know the 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 woman who wrote the screenplay. By the end of the of the yeah, um, their time together. Yeah, um, yeah. You just it, it's just a uh, it's just awesome. It's just great that you get an an, an animated movie with all with all these live action films. Like it just. Legitimize it just kind of like Silence of the Lambs legitimizes horror films, it, you know. For for the Oscars, there's eh. a yeah. Well, you know what I mean. But you know, it won Best Picture, so it does. I would
1: I would say this does more to legitimize animation, animation than Silence of the Lambs does to legitimize horror.
0: I will agree with you. I I agree with that. Um, so
1: because I think, and we'll we'll talk about it, but I think you know you could easily misclassify Silence of the Lambs. That's true. You can't misclassify Beauty and
0: the Beast. It's an animated film Like you can talk about The different type of genre That it might be Till the cows come home right. But it's definitely An animated film Yeah So yeah. that's good uh, Prince of Tides Directed by Barbara Streisand Written by Pat Conroy Becky Johnston Based on the novel By Pat Conroy Starring Barbara Streisand Nick Nolte Blythe Danner George Carlin And Kate Nelligan Nominated for Best Picture Best Actor for Nolte Supporting Actress for Nelligan Adaptive Screenplay Cinematography Production Design And Music by New uh, by uh, John Newton Howard uh, This movie This movie won no awards. Uh, None. None whatsoever. N slash A. This movie revolves around a troubled man who talks to his suicidal sister psychiatrist about their family's history and they fall in love with each other in the process. Um... A yeah.
1: tale as old as time.
0: It sure is. Also worth noting that both of them are married and in troubled marriages. Um, I think that that is um, this. This felt like an eighties movie that got hung over into the early nineties. Um, that's what this was like. It went over.
1: Uh, it, it went over uh, schedule.
0: It went over schedule. Like, sorry, you should have wrapped this up in nineteen eighty nine. Like, why are we still dealing with this in nineteen ninety one? Like, what is happening here? Um, I thought this movie was incredibly well acted. I thought that like Streisand and Nolte were were awesome i th- um and but like as a story itself and and like as characters i didn't like them and wow. like like i mean i, I like them i mean i liked them enough for their movie but i didn't agree with their choices um you know like here's this like here's this you know the fa- like he's a family man he's a father she's a mother they have spouses and they're like bah let's screw well on. the spouses also both cheated on them <laughs> (laughs) they did and I mean I I always feel like that's like a weird like it's okay because their spouses did it first and like that oh you know like that's it always feels like they're trying to legitimize that thing it's like the descendants with George Clooney kind of does the same thing like he's not a cheater but it's like it's okay that you she's gonna die because you know I
1: don't I don't think it does like so they're in they're in almost two different places in the marriage both of their spouses cheated on them Mm -hmm. Nick Nolte's marriage is on the side of her. his wife cheated on him. He still loves her. She doesn't know exactly what she wants. Yep. So that marriage is kind of in flux. Barbara Streisand's marriage is just over. It's totally she, over. Yep. He's he's cheated on him. She hates him. Like, they're just together for the kid. And now that the kid is gone, she kind of feels free to kind of move on with her life. Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: And by yeah, God, no. I
1: mean he's off to school. Like, he's not dead.
0: Correct. Yeah. Um, that was actually Streisand's actual son. yes yes
1: yeah um and i believe and i think this love story kind of evolves naturally it's it's realistic it's that is true i
0: I do think that it's realistic and i i like how it resolves at the end of the film like you know it doesn't it because it stays realistic the the end of the film is what ruins this movie because they don't end up together at the end of the correct that is not how it happens yes but i think that's actually exactly how it happens like and that's like that's the real that's the realism that Streisand was going for—that you just complimented them on—I
1: mean, that wasn't her. It was. This was based off a book. It wasn't Streisand. It wasn't like they changed the book, and Streisand was like, in the end, they don't get together. I mean, she was the director. She could have done that if she wanted to. She should have. Should've. Yeah. But um, you know, I I gave this movie a lot of crap when I was watching it, talking to you, but it was good. I I wouldn't say I wouldn't say Nick Nolte was great in it because he was just Nick Nolte. I've seen him. I've seen him enough times to know he's just me too but i thought he was an endearing version of nick
0: nolte as instead of like instead of like you're like gross nick nolte
1: um yeah
0: i don't know it helps that he was an english teacher that always that always goes over well for me
1: um streisand i thought did a really good job i liked i liked the surrounding cast the story was pretty good although i will say this movie this movie that is about this man talking to a psychiatrist to help his suicidal sister who's in the hospital because she's tried to kill herself on multiple occasions and attempted again takes a really dark and unnecessary turn. Sure does. Yeah.
0: Yep. I th- there's that's in some ways that's kind of the weird like 80s holdover where like, yeah it's a little sexy and it's also needlessly dark. You yep. know like that's th- that's it Um, because there's there is kind of a, a weird cheer Eeriness to some of the film too and so it kind of like it's got it oscillates its tone a little bit but I never think it, it loses what it's it never really loses what it's about and that uh, that's that's well done it gets nominated the only thing is it gets nominated for a lot of stuff that I'm not exactly sure it deserves its nominations for like yeah the, like the production design is fine it, it's like there's the good there's her office that's her apartment that's the new York it's outside that's like none of it lies really like stand out to me, um, and so some of it, I just like I don't understand where its nominations are are coming from. But um, I didn't mean to sound down on it either, because like I enjoyed it when I watched it. I think I I think I told you that. I think like its performances are strong, and even though I don't agree with some of their character choices as people, that's okay because like I don't agree with Hannibal Lecter's life decisions either. But I like you know what I mean. But Anthony Hopkins does a good job, so like that doesn't that doesn't matter to me. I don't watch a movie to always. Just just agree with what the people are about um so yeah but it's good it's it's just like it's kind of like you know some ways for me it's like bugsy it's just like yeah that, that was good it was a good movie like it didn't it didn't wow me and if i and if it was on tv i'd, I'd probably leave it on but i won't. yeah i've already
1: seen it once i'm done i'm good i said if it was on tv and there was nothing yeah. else on yeah it doesn't matter okay i can watch something else that, no, there's I this thing can. called netflix
0: no 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 this is like i'm thinking like it's 1991 and like you just have what's on the TV. Sure, I'll watch three-fourths of this movie I've never seen before. I missed the beginning. I'll catch up. No big deal. Then
1: <laughs> I will just play NES.
0: There you go. Okay. Oh. Give me some fun facts about The Prince of Tides. Uh, it was not about Aquaman. It sure wasn't. I'm sorry that I lied to you to get you to watch this movie.
1: Although playing a world-renowned violin player, Jérôme Crab didn't play the violin himself. He was he showed the piece he was supposed to play in the film to two professional players who also also had some difficulty to learn it. However, when they did, Crab watched them play it and learned their every movement by heart, which he copied perfectly while filming the scene. Barbara Streisand was so impressed by his performance that she spontaneously hugged him after shooting the scene. Wow,
0: that's I think that's actually more impressive to like copy the movements of what
1: somebody's doing even if you don't understand them. That's yeah, that's pretty pretty cool. Nick Nolte's wife is played by Blythe Danner. Danner played Martha Jefferson in 1776. The wife of Thomas Jefferson. Nolte played Jefferson himself in Jefferson in Paris. His daughter was played by Gwyneth Paltrow, who is the daughter of Blythe Danner. You just threw that fact in there because you
0: know I love a good 1776 thing, right?
1: I mean, they, yeah, I mean 1776 is great. It
0: is. Do you know William Daniels is coming up in a movie for next uh, for next year? Yeah, he's in
1: like two minutes, but doesn't matter because William Daniels. Uh, In the episode of The Simpsons, Marge's Fear of Flying episode, she refers to her psychiatrist at the end by calling her Lowenstein, exactly the character of Barbara Streisand in reference to this movie. That makes that episode even better. I, yep. I, I love that.
0: <laughs> That's great. Well, Marge, we actually have a lot to uh, still to unpack. Like, nope, I'm good. Thank you. <laughs>
1: Whenever I hear the wind whisper, it'll say Lowenstein. See, Lowenstein. 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 <laughs> <laughs> my name name is Hamel Lowenstein. Lowenstein. <laughs>
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, that's awesome that's good all right the best picture and it is the silence of the lambs directed by jonathan Demi, written by ted tally based on the novel by thomas harris starring uh, jodie foster anthony hopkins scott gled scott glenn and ted levine nominated for best sound and best editing this movie won best picture best actor for hopkins best actress for foster best director and best adapted screenplay the story revolves around a young fbi cadet named clarice <laughs> Must, bless you a young fbi cadet uh, named clarice who must receive the help of an incarcerated and manipulative cannibal killer to help catch another serial killer a madman who skins his victims um i've seen finals of the lambs many times in my life I'd watched it in several years though so i was interested to go back and watch it and by gosh it's a good movie um it it, it maybe doesn't do the lgbtq plus community any favors though we'll talk i like, guess talk about this right up front so i like, like um, Buffalo Bill, the serial killer in the film, like b- believes that he's trans, but uh, but the, the movie talks about how he's not. How like he because he's uncomfortable in his own body, he thinks that he is, but like but he's ac- but they say that he's actually not. But people really only remember that like he is. Well, I mean, so
1: I mean, it's not so much that, but it's like it's like me being trans and you telling me, well, no, clinically you're not. Like, doesn't matter what you think or what clinic. Thing it matters what I think. So if he believes he's trans, he's trans.
0: Yeah, and that's the, that's the part that if that doesn't really uh, that it doesn't really work anymore. Um, I mean, it didn't work then either. But I like uh, it. Just don't because I don't think it worked then either. Like there's there was like you know stuff in the I read, like there was stuff in the papers about it and like all that. Like people were uncomfortable with that then. It's just that it's more in the limelight now for people and and people are comfortable talking about it. So um so I'm not sure if like like some things movie's going into the past that doesn't hold but I think the rest of the film does you know Clarice's journey Hopkins's legendary performance as Hannibal Lecter you know like there's there's so much good in this film I don't know if it's unintentionally negative portrayal of of um of transgender of a transgendered man like i don't know how much to like scar the movie or to, like to pat it down versus lift it up what do you think
1: um it's not it's not our place correct that's we why can, I, said, I don't know like i i'm more than happy to condemn it on the fact that like they're trying to they're trying to say well, this person's not what he thinks he is or not who he thinks he is i don't like that it's not my place to say whether or not I feel comfortable if I was a trans person seeing um, that kind of portrayal, mm-hmm. um, and only because at that time, like that's really the only kind of portrayal we get of this kind of sort of stuff, mm-hmm. and that is what makes it wrong and, and bad. Like if this is if this is just like we have a hundred movies in 1991, and 99 of them have tra- you know we have a hundred movies that have uh, transgender people in it, and five of them the Transgender people are serial killers, and the other 95, they're perfectly normal, happy people that are contributing members of society. It's fine. The problem is at, at this time, this is kind of the only representation we're getting, and that is that is sad. That's a sad commentary on on what's going on. I don't really want to knock this movie for it because I don't think that has anything with the movie. Th- that's like that's kind he's of where obviously I fall psychically to. disturbed, and and like he's obviously disturbed psychologically and the fact that he's trans doesn't necessarily equate to what he does that's right it's not a really
0: part of like it's not really part of his modus operandi like him him skinning his victims like it's all based on ed gein right that's kind of you know as many many movie serial killers are um you know like uh, norman bates is texas chainsaw mm-hmm. massacre um buffalo bill like they're all
1: they're all on the same <laughs> person. And see, I think that's why this movie gets such a, such a negative thing, is because you just named two other movies in which people, you know, crossdresser, transvestite, um, transgender, all kind of on the same, not the same spectrum, but all in the spectrum, mm-hmm. um, are all just portrayed as killers. Correct. So this is the only representation that this part of the spectrum is getting, and there's only so many times you can, you can do that before someone's like, you know, come on, this isn't and this isn't who they are. Mm-hmm. Like, why? Like, why are we only seeing this portrayal of it?
0: Yeah, no, and I'm, I'm, I'm with you there. And I, I just don't. Um, but I think we're going to end up uh, talking ourselves into a cycle uh, with this thing because there's a lot more in this movie besides that. It's actually, it's really not the focus. Buffalo really is really right. He is, is not right. the, focus, is not of the, the film. focus of this movie. Clarice is the focus of the film. You know, with Hannibal Lecter, who's only in like what is it, like seven minutes of the whole movie or something like that. And He's not in, like it's no. Ex- he's in
1: like twenty some odd minutes. Of I, it. Th- there's a look it up there's like a he is the second he is the second shortest best actor winner but it's like 20 some odd minutes yeah he, he's not in
0: yeah he's not in a ton of it but he makes an impact um and i i think the clarice and and Lecter stuff it just like it worked then it works now like you know it's a testament to the or it's like it's a, it's a nice little commentary on the ineptitude of institute of some institutions like i you know like a doctor a doctor uh what's his name Chil- Dr. Chilton could go work at arkham asylum for how good he is like like it's just like well you might as well saved me the trip you know like "Ah, shut up i hate you so much but i'm so glad that you came back for red dragon which i which is a great movie by directed by a very terrible man um so um yeah i think that foster i mean foster is always good you can't i don't know if you can pinpoint to a movie and be like oh jodie foster ew how terrible was she in contact Contact. yeah (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. No, she's always she's always great, but she's just there's a vulnerability and um there's a vulnerability to her in this film and and a strength that she never really ever mentions. It's just who she is, and it, she plays it really really well. Um, and how important is to see somebody like that? You're like here's a movie about an FBI a female FBI agent in 1991. You know who yeah. actually takes down the killer herself and all this stuff. It's like it's so important. Um. For <laughs> you don't need no man. Yeah, so like for, if you're talking representation like where it's like not good in some ways, it's really yeah. good in, <laughs> in a lot of other ways. Um and uh I just think it's just part it's still part of the culture. It's so w- weirdly part of the cultural conversation. Um and uh you know how much has how much uh has um Hannibal Lecter or been spun off into its own things, right? You know, you get um you get the vast multitude of films, you get the TV show on NBC, you get Clarice on, on uh, paramount plus like it's just still going vast multitude of films there were two more no there's three more no there are f- there are four films so there's um there's the one that came out before this one there's manhunter right with brian cox let's ignore that one um just because it's not you know it doesn't have the you know the cultural fervor that silence has so there's this one there's hannibal there's red dragon and there's hannibal rising that's that's three uh, additional yeah, films no, we this. don't count
1: we don't count hannibal Rising. no i'm not saying
0: Hannibal good, Rising I'm just not will, saying it's no. good I just like But it's
1: all in the It's all in we, the wheelhouse We can't If we can't If we're not counting Manhunter We can't count Hannibal Rising Well
0: I'm only not counting Manhunter Because it didn't create it, It's like It's pre-Silence of the Lambs Which, which made Hannibal Lecter part of part of the zeitgeist and uh, and so like that's why i can count Hannibal Rising even though it's trash versus you know versus wow. uh, Manhunter which actually isn't terrible um and uh and then so then you have the the NBC show you have the Paramount Plus Clarice show so it's still going and i think that i don't know if winning best picture made that happen like obviously it was popular before it got to best picture but i think being a best picture winner kind of kept it going because it has that prestige factor in Involved in it now So um, plus Anthony show, Hopkins Is be, the be, That and Plus being shown on TNT Like Like every other day That would just like flip Flop between You know Silence of the Lambs And then Shawshank came out And so they were like See you Silence of the Lambs And then Shawshank was on All the time And then they would uh-huh. Then the American President Was on And they would just go Back and forth Between those three Over and over And over and over again Yeah Yeah So yeah, But it's great I just uh, I just don't think You, can, you can't you can Oversell I think Kind of like Lord of the Rings For fantasy films Um um, or Shape of Water for monster films or, like, these are kind of, like, touchstone moments of of um, Best Picture winners that are maybe just not, they don't fit into the traditional Best Picture category, um, where it's, like, epic, you know, where historical drama or musical or historical drama or musical historical drama or musical, you know, this one, like, they, or, or biopic. Biopic? Biopic? Historical drama. Biopic? Musical. And so, like, it being a, a horror thriller, that's, that's a little better. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, it is a good movie. It it certainly holds up. Well acted. Um, I wouldn't personally consider it a horror. I get why it's classified a horror. Um, but I think it's more of a thriller. Uh, but I mean, but that's, but that's about it. Like, yep. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Uh, give me some fun facts.
1: Oh, I shall. Do do. The Silence of the Lambs was inspired by the real life relationship between University of Washington criminology professor and profiler Bob Kel- Kelp and serial killer. Ted Bundy Bundy helped Kelp investigate the Green River serial killings in Washington Bundy was executed January 24th 1989 the Green River killings were finally solved in 2001 when Gary Ridgway was arrested on November 5th 2003 in a Seattle courtroom Ridgway pled guilty to 48 counts of aggravated first degree murder wow I had no that's awful and I
0: had no idea that Ted Bundy was involved in that interesting
1: when studying the character he played, Sir Anthony Hopkins noticed similar characteristics in reptiles. Reptiles only blink when they want to, and do it consciously. Therefore, in the movie, Hopkins only blinks in special moments and very consciously. Yeah, it's part of a great performance. And the pattern of the moth's back in the movie's poster is not the natural pattern of the death's head moth. It is, in fact, Salvador Dali's voluptus Moors*, a picture of several naked women made to look like a human skull. Huh, huh. That's that's cool. I like that they changed yeah.
0: that For the film That's very cool
1: Yeah Yeah
0: Alright well before we do The 1992 Rewindies Let's talk about where You can find us On Twitter and Gmail And .coms At Academy Rewind This is AcademyRewind.com Gmail.com And Twitter uh, That's for Palmer For myself At TimothyPG13 You can rate and review us On iTunes And find us all of the places That podcasts can be found Because that's where The rating uh, Every other place Gets its ratings from is from iTunes So please go to iTunes And rate us uh, And then um, It'll show up everywhere else Thanks so much for that. You can find all other Thought Bubble Audio shows at thoughtbubbleaudio.com. And if you like what we do, then please um, then please keep uh, the lights on for a dollar a month at patreon.com slash thoughtbubbleaudio. It helps pay for the equipment and the services and so forth. Um, well, that's about it. So let's do the 1992 rewindies. Of course, we can only choose from the five films nominated um, and uh, from supporting actor through best picture. Let's take it away with supporting actor. I give to Jerry Orbach in Beauty and the Beast.
1: Gary Oldman, JFK.
0: Gary Oldman for JFK. All right. Supporting actress, I give to Annette Bening for Bugsy.
1: I give it to Jerry Orbach for Beauty and the Beast. You can't do that. (laughs) You're assuming
0: assuming what Jerry's pronouns would be. You can't do that.
1: You already did. (laughs) Quiet, quiet you. (laughs) Uh, I will give it to, uh, uh, Nick Nolte's wife in Prince of Tide. Okay. Blythe Danner. No. Yes. Yes. Yes.
0: Yes. 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 correct. Good. Production design. I give to Beauty and the Beast.
1: Production design. I give to, uh, Bugsy. To
0: Bugsy. Costume design. I give to Silence of the Lambs. Bugsy. Makeup and hairstyling. I give to Silence of the Lambs. JFK. Music. I give to Beauty and the Beast. Beauty and the Beast Visual effects I give to Bugsy He gets shot <laughs> They really shot him They were like the only real special effects Let's be honest
1: Uh, no The grainy footage in JFK With his- it's more
0: cinematography and editing than special effects. That's not really a special effect
1: to make it to make it look like it was filmed out of a out of like a, a sixteen millimeter. camera. Yeah, yeah. I'd
0: still, I'd still say that falls under cinematography.
1: I'm going with JFK. Okay, fine, whatever. Blech.
0: Cinematography, I give to JFK for that exact I'm, reason.
1: I'm giving it to Beauty and the Beast.
0: Okay, <laughs> good choice though actually um, <laughs> best editing I give to JFK JFK uh, best sound I give to Silence of the Lambs Beauty and the Beast okay that's good uh, best actor I give to Anthony Hopkins for the Silence of the Lambs I'm sure you do as well even though you're it looks like you're about to sneeze you're thinking about sneezing nah you're not gonna
1: sneeze uh, I give it to uh, David Ogden Steers for Beauty and the Beast the best actor award for David Ogden Steers. Cogsworth is easily the that's part of... The he's league.
0: not a main player, though. He's supporting player. He is the main butler. No. He's the head of household. It's different.
1: Um, yeah, no. Anthony Hopkins. Okay, great. I really thought you were serious.
0: And I mean, like, he's great. David Ogden Sears is always good. But I was like, really? This, he plays two really? roles. Anthony, he plays Cogsworth and the narrator. Anthony Hopkins. Oh, he's the narrator? I didn't know that. Yeah. That's awesome. Awesome. Great narrator voice. 10 out of 10. Um, Best actress I give to Jodie Foster. For *Silence of the Lambs*, Jodie Foster. Best writing, I give to JFK. JFK. Best director, I give to JFK. Yes, like, Oliver no, Stone. Oliver Stone. I give to. I give to the actual. JFK. I give to John Kennedy. I give to John Ken- Kennedy. All right. Best picture. Here's the thing. I didn't pick one yet, and I, I still did. don't know what to do. Um. So, because I'm torn between two of them. So you go. So first. you're torn
1: between *Bugsy* and *Prince of Tides*.
0: <laughs> you you're got right? it. You got it. No, I'm not. I'm I'm honestly torn between silence of the lambs and JFK. I like, I really don't know what to do here. I think they, I think they both, I think even beauty and the beast to an extent, but I just think beauty and the beast is, it's just less complicated than the other two, which is why I'm not going for best picture for it. Um, even though it might be the the best made of all three of them. Mm -hmm. Um, but I just think that they both influenced the culture and the zeitgeist so much. And you're still seeing it happen with both of those movies and I think they're like, whereas like JFK's technically, like, 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 um, filmically, like, in te- like the technical side of filming, like a better, maybe a better film, but, but like everything that comes together in Silence of the Lambs might also tip that hat in that direction, but it also has like the kind of the check, check against it because of Buffalo, the treatment of Buffalo Bill. Like, mm-hmm. I just, I don't know what to do. I'm like, actually, this is the first I... time I'm actually stumped. And now you have to pick one. No, you have to go first. And I'm, my, no, here. I'm I am waiting. I am waiting with Be- bated breath. Okay, well, you're gonna wait a long time. Might as well start singing the whole soundtrack to Beauty and the Beast because maybe I should just cut my losses bonjour. and give bonjour. it to Beauty and the bonjour, Beast. Bonjour, <laughs> bonjour, <laughs> bonjour. That's it, fine. I'll cut my losses and give it to Beauty. No, I'm gonna keep Sounds of the Lambs. I think that it, it's too important of a film to not give it that award. Okay. Are you sure now? No, but that's just what I'm gonna stick with. It's fine. Okay. What are Beauty, Beauty and the here? Beast. It's Beauty the obvious, obvious yeah. choice. Yeah. I see. I thought you were gonna give it to Beauty and the Beast when you. When and I said, like, I'm not going to give it to Beauty and the Beast. You're like, okay. And I was like, yeah, that's where he's going. Like, it's Beauty and the Beast is fantastic. I just don't know. Beauty and the it Beast is, is a perfect it, movie. It is just as culturally important, I think. Like, I really don't know what to do. That's it. Screw You know what? I'm d- pulling a you. Nope, too no, late. No, you no, already no, said there. Silence of the Lambs. Damn it. No. Damn, damn it. it. <laughs> they, 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 <laughs> you can't pull a Moonlight. <laughs> uh, yeah. But, oh but No, but Warren Beatty is in this list. I could do that. <laughs> he's right here.
1: No, Beauty <laughs> and the Beast is is like, out of all the movies we've done, and we've done a lot, Beauty and the Beast is one of, like, the two or three most perfect movies that we've done so far. There's Titanic, there's this, and that's, uh, that might be
0: about it. I think there might be a few more in there, but I understand what you mean. It's not Titanic, I can assure you. Uh, Uh, you are wrong. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I really don't know what, I'll go with Silence of the Lambs, uh, I'll go with what has existed, though. Man, tough choice. That's it's fine. Yeah, tough choice though. Next up, 1982 Chariots of Fire Reds, Atlantic City on Golden Pond and Raiders of the Lost Ark. What a time it's going to be. What a time. It's funny that we, you know like big nerd movies from the 70s and 80s that still get talked about, right? You know, you got like your your Jaws and your, your Star Wars and um, E.T. Um, you know, like we forget that these movies also were nominated for, for Best Picture and Raiders is one of those like, like in a world where Indiana Jones is nominated for Best Picture. What a world how crazy is that so fun so anyway that's it for us because they're playing us off
1: no i have some more, i have some more people with that Not too bad bye bye